Hello and welcome to episode 210 of Constructing Comics, a podcast building stories one page and one panel at a time. On this episode, we have a review of Marvel Studios and st- streaming on Disney Plus Season 1, Episodes 3, 4, 5, and 6 of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Episode 3, The Power Broker. Episode 4, The World is Watching. Episode 5, Truth. Episode 6, One World, One People. This is your spoiler alert for episodes one through six of The Falcon and Winter Soldier. This is Matt, and I'm joined by Constructing Comics co-host Noah. Hey there, Agent 13 is the power broker. You got <laughs> and, <your> spoiler warning. <laughs> and special guest, Jim Appel Joseph, and he loves <laughs> Batrock the Leaper. Your name's Joseph? <laughs> okay. No. Thanks, thanks for having me. No one in my minivan can fly a helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> all right guys so uh so here we are joined back up again um the last time we we talked we we did episodes one and two we were all very excited but now we have uh about four episodes to break down and the conclusion of the uh the first season of uh the falcon and the winter soldiers so let's uh let's discuss uh three first uh, the power broker um, Joe, what are your thoughts about uh, Dancing Zemo and uh, Madripoor? I mean, Dancing Zemo, maybe save it for the end. Can't get enough of it. You know, y- y- you wonder if when they're filming this, like, this is going to be a meme. This, this is going to be, this is going to go viral. Uh, yeah. Fantastic. Probably for me, the highlight of the whole series. And I enjoyed the series, but Dancing Zemo is just fantastic. I, um, it had to be Daniel Brühl was like, just riffing on set and they're like point a camera at that shit like that's good <laughs> right there <laughs> yeah i mean it, it became a it became a uh it became a meme but like there was the other sort of the related factor and this was just sort of the the way that the actors were so good about it like there was a lot of talk online about how, how everybody loves zemo and everybody hated John Walker. And I think that was just sort of the way those guys acted it out because Zemo was manipulating people the whole time and in trying to get, you know, confidence in in those people. And John Walker was sort of a flawed, uh, you know, superhero. Um, So they they both did really well. Um, But I'm trying to think. So we did one and two. So basically, you know, the big thing in three is going to Madripoor. So, uh, Noah, were you excited to to go to, to Madripoor? Yeah, it was. Uh, it's like besides Wanda and Quicksilver, it's the biggest X-Men nod we've gotten in the MCU so far. So that was really cool. I wasn't expecting that out of this series. And it's probably the biggest name drop in the whole show, because even when... Um, uh oh man i forget her name from seinfeld shows up later you know you're still like who but for me as a geek it's like oh that's great that they're introducing something that's well known amongst anyone who reads a comic book that this is a huge deal as far as integrating into the mcu Mm -hmm. that was great um uh and we'll we'll get into who else is there but yeah that was my thoughts on magic for was hoping the the whoever it was would be like Wolverine with the eye patch. Um, that was what I was hoping that they were going to meet. It was like, what's his what's his uh? He has like a he has like a persona there that I'm trying to remember the name of, and I can't remember the one with the eye patch and the tuxedo. Um, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Uh, yeah, I was constantly searching backgrounds to sort of see, like, if I would think, you know, just sort of a mutant walking by, uh, just to, to hope that that was, that oh, was the case. Uh, yeah. so, so, Joe, um, what are your thoughts of the, the, the Power Broker episode? I think basically what we have here is Zemo's been busted out of prison. He's got a little bit of information on where the Power Broker might be operating on, and they go to they go to uh, Madripoor. Um, I, I thought, again, I liked the episode. Actually, I when I first saw it, I thought, uh, and you know, silly me, I kind of thought it, it, was, it was, I thought that, well, with Agent Carter, it's a little bit rushed as like how she got there and then like get to a yeah. backstory. But then again, that was kind of done deliberately. Um, 
But yeah, I, I think this scene too, as as when they uh, when uh, Sam's sister called him and kind of spoiled <laughs> who he was and where they were, I thought actually that was well done, well written. Yeah, he wasn't the uh, yeah. the smiling tiger. Yes, I like that, I, and I agree with you about the um, Agent Carter thing because that's my one complaint about the series in general is that like I I think if you're watching it as someone who's maybe just has a bare understanding of the mcu her character works really well in this show but if you're someone who's paid attention to the movies it kind of feels a little forced her character being the way that she is um and also the fact that they have to explain constantly why she is the way that she is it just points out more like how forced it is and uh but we'll get into it more i'm sure as we go through this yeah i have i think when we get to six i have some theories about uh about sharon but uh so that's a good theory um so you know also i think what we have here in three is is this is where we go to the uh to the store or not the storage but we go to the um the shipping dock and we have the sort of the the fight sequence um but before before we get there why does Sharon have clothes that are perfectly able to fit Sam and Bucky? And like Sam has a, uh, has a, like a sport or I'm sorry, uh, Bucky gets like a sports coat that fits him perfectly. And I can't, I can't find a sports coat to, to find, to fit me perfectly. And Sharon's has got one in her, uh, in her loft there in Madripoor. Yeah. And it's like, she's got like perfectly tailored pimp clothing for Sam. So it's like, Ah, that's the future, I guess, right? <laughs> this is like 2026. By that time, you should be able to I mean, tailor things in two seconds. Well, I actually, I know why she has those clothes. And uh, yeah, spoiler alert, because she's the power broker. Damn. Sorry. Man. Joe, you were supposed to wait. Sorry. <laughs> so they they go to the, uh, they go to the shipping yard and they sort of encounter the, uh, the scientist that's perfected the the super soldier serum, um, you know, and there's a there's there's a lot of fighting. Um, is it Zemo who shoots him? Yeah, yeah. So Zemo shoots him. Um, Sharon gets away with sort of her driver, and then we sort of have our uh, you know our three get back together when when Zemo finds the uh, the muscle car. Um, so I, th- I feel like that's where three ends, but does anybody have any thoughts, uh, on three? Why does he put his mask on when everybody knows what he looks like? And then he just takes it off afterwards. Zemo. Did I miss a detail in there where he had to put the mask on or was it just to make us fanboys happy? That's a good point. Cause he doesn't wear it when he's inside with the scientist in case like the scientist gets away and is able to report that he's out of prison. The only time he puts it on is when he's shooting people from the top of the, uh, the shipping container. Right. Yeah. Or he, when he, he goes down, he beats some guys up. It, maybe it's just a practical way to hide the stunt man, but at the same time, it just draws attention to itself. That's my final thought on episode three. I like that they put the purple hood in, but it's like, you know, he doesn't wear it again. I thought it was going to be like, this is where like Zemo becomes himself and then mm-hmm. he just never delivers on it. So. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, that's a good point. I mean, I guess sort of, we saw him pick it up out of the back seat of the car. And so it was a thing that was, was there, but you're right. He, he only, I think that's the only time he ever puts it on. Right. Yeah, and then he just kills whoever sees him in it. So it's not like he's trying to hide his identity or anything. So true, true. I do wonder, and I, I thought this if they uh somewhat try to make um Zemo and even Carrie to a point uh less of a villain and more of an anti-hero. Um, you know, not so much uh some redeemable qualities, you know, some some of his actions justified or you know, not as not in black, not black and white as far as bad and good. Um, I think they did a little bit, a lot with Zemo, um, and a lot with uh, with um, Carrie as well, to a point. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Both of them do a good job of striking that like killmonger balance of like, oh, we agree with the villains, right? 
you know that that was that was cool yeah and there's some theory that there might be a thunderbolts show and it, the the thunderbolts are led by zemo at the beginning so if they're trying to make us sympathetic and 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 like him this is sort of building up that character a little bit yeah definitely All right. so uh so let's move to four the the whole world is watching um this is where john walker um sort of loses his patience and we learn a little bit more about uh carly uh morgenthal um you know this is a this is sam and bucky going on you know the the investigation um with zemo and this i think is is, is three where uh bucky recognizes that he's sort of being dropped the the little symbols from the uh the uh the 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 wakandan guard that's, in that's three, three right yeah, so that's yeah, how that's three ends. Yeah, so in four, they're sort of still on the trail, but they're they know um, that they're being followed, or at least Bucky knows that they're being followed, right? Yes, and four is when they they show up to the apartment, and you get that fight between the Dora Milaje, Bucky, Falcon, and and a U.S. agent. Yes. So, yeah. so, so, Joe, what do you think about the introduction at the end of three with the, uh, you know, the Wakandan forces still after Zemo for the, uh, you know, the death of, uh, you know, Black Panther's father? Well, I, I, I will say this. I like, um, you know me, I love my continuity. And I honestly think that the fact it made it a little, a little bit busy. I would say this, but at the same time, cool flashback um, with uh, Bucky when he's back with Wakanda, kind of trying to ex exercise his demons. Um, I think uh, the idea of, hey, you know, the Wakandans are even out there, right? I think it just just in general, don't forget less of Wakanda. The fact that that anyone who's writing that the story, like the gentleman's name is like, hey, if Zemo's out, Wakanda knows about it. Mm -hmm. um which is which is which is pretty cool and um I, I i you know i thought it was okay i liked it yeah that's a good i i was so madrupur was a big thing that i wasn't expecting to show up and it did show up the dora milaje were another thing i wasn't expecting to show up and they did show up and those are two of the highlights of the show for me as far as things that i recognized and was excited when they did show up and I think probably my favorite, oh, I don't know. It's probably my second favorite action sequence is with the Medora Milaje versus Walker and and Sam and Bucky. So I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited for more. Like, I'm always excited for more Black Panther stuff. And I just sort of liked, uh, it's sort of what's cool about, like, good superhero comics where, like, you don't expect at the end of the issue Iron Man just to show up or something like that, you know, mm -hmm. of a good of like Spider-Man comic. That's sort of how I felt when the Dora Milaje showed up was like, oh, that's like reading a cool comic and someone shows up that makes sense would show up. I guess it's kind of like what we wanted from WandaVision with Doctor Strange showing up or something like that, you know? Um, So that was really cool. I really liked that part of it. Did you like that, Matt? Yeah, I liked it because, you know, it clearly made sense that they, like you said, they would have been tracking Zemo's movements because they still had a, you know, they still had an ax to grind with him to make sure that, uh, you know, he was either in prison for his crimes. And if he wasn't that, you know, they would want him, they would want him to, to answer for that. Um, so that was interesting, but Zemo is able to, to break a couple of, uh, you know aspects of the the case as he sort of takes them to the the refugee camp and he's putting a lot of things together for them um so but i, I i'm i'm just trying to think about uh you know they have that fight and this is where you know we mentioned how awesome the the fight was but is so is the the, the end of four also this is like a key moment is is that 
they're chasing Carly and her sort of, you know, Flag Smashers crew and Lamar is is killed. And a key point of this series is John Walker losing it and using his shield to sort of, um, you know, behead that guy with everybody recording it on his phone. And that's uh, that's sort of how the, the episodes ends. And it also sort of almost, I, I don't know if I'm remembering this correctly, but, you know, we sort of get that iconic uh, shot of the uh, the blood on the shield. Joe, what do you think about how um, you know the whole world is watching episode four? How that that ends up for us? Um, I think the whole the shield symbolism. Um, I have to say, I think it was pretty well done. Uh, yeah. And you, you know, you think it's pretty simple, like oh, the blood on the shield, but kind of what the shield meant. How the you know when you think about go back to when the show was going to be launched and you know what's what's it going to be? It's going to be like a buddy cop. You know, we even made our own jokes internally about it and stuff. I thought it was great, honestly. I thought it was the whole idea of what the shield represents, and you know, just in the blood on the shield, and you know, is Sam worthy of the shield, and what it means, and how they played it against. Um, I don't really like my politics either, but how they played it against you know current events and everything else. I thought overall. It was pretty good. I would have to say that, you know, Captain America gets a real deal. You know, that was Hulk doing that or Wolverine. Wolverine would have sat down and smoked a cigar right after he had it. (laughs) Could care less. (laughs) But uh, those are my thoughts. Yeah, it was an interesting dichotomy because Steve would have always used it as a sort of a defensive weapon where John Walker is able to, to figure out a way to make it a, a, you know, a blunt instrument that could, could hurt somebody. So, so that was interesting. Noah, your thoughts about the way that episode ended. Definitely my favorite ending of the whole series. The moment that I think everyone will always talk about is the ending of that episode. Like of all the endings in them, you know, mainly because of the iconic imagery of the blood on the shield. And that's always great is when you have something that has memorable visual visuals, mm-hmm. memorable visuals. That's really important. And I think for me, artistically, that was really enticing to have that strong visual. And like, like Joe said, it's a great metaphor as well that fits into the themes of the show. Um. I think also it was a turning point for like, I, I always liked Walker. I thought he was a really compelling character, but that's where I was like, yeah, I want to see more of where this character goes after this point. He was so, yeah, like that's the character you want to, I want to see a show all about or a movie all about or something like that, you know? So that was, yeah, I really liked it. Uh, I liked how they, insinuated the violence which Mm -hmm. is really great and obviously they're on disney plus so they have to do that but at the same time i always feel like the most violent imagery is the violence that's not shown and you just get it from performance and hinting towards it so i thought that was where they used the pg-13 tv-14 rating to its best you know Uh, so i I really like that yeah that was that's that's what what would you think matt yeah, so it would have made sense, you know, for a six-episode uh, series for the end of three to be the midpoint, but I feel like we got the midpoint and sort of the point of no return for uh, for John Walker uh, there at the at the end of four. So I thought that you know there was a lot of key developments there. Um, I was certainly I was certainly surprised by it, um, even though I knew that the John Walker character could become unhinged. Um, uh, but I, I thought to sort of advance the story, it worked really well. Joe, um, your thoughts on I know we talked to you a little bit earlier, but uh, do you kind of agree that you feel like this is sort of the the midpoint of the of the series? No, I do. And I actually when I I was recapping it and I actually thought it was, so I'm glad that you even said that. Um, but another part of that series where I think I want to ask you, Matt, I've been itching to ask you since I saw it, was that's also episode four is when we know that Walker takes the last serum, the super serum that we found, and you were waiting for Easter eggs when the Yankees sign him <laughs> to a 10-year deal. Uh, I, I am. I'm actually surprised. Now that he's on performance-enhancing drugs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I got it. <laughs> 
<laughs> so I'm actually surprised. You know, one thing now that we're talking about the the serum, I'm surprised how much they they this is a available item in the Marvel universe in in this series. You know, if you think about it, in comics for for sixty years, it's 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 Steve, it's Nick Fury, John Walker. But like here, you know, there was at least like six vials of it. I, I, I you know, we didn't, we never really saw that much of it in in the comics. Um, so I, I thought it was interesting that it was so available here. But uh, just yeah. add to the list of magic users, Iron Man suits of things that are very readily available, and nobody just seems to use it. Yeah, it's uh, you yeah. got to add it to the you got to add it to the three. It's uh, what is it? Uh, aliens, wizards, and um, why am I? Robots. Why am I? Robots, yeah. Androids, Robots, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Android, yeah. So, so that's how we end four, and I feel like that leads us into um, to five pretty quickly because five is a big action sequence where we have Bucky, Sam, and John Walker um, fighting, um, and there's a lot of symbolism in that that fight. Um, Joe, what do you think about where we have those three? You know, possible folks to take up the mantle of, of Captain America fighting in the, in the shield sort of trading places a, a, a few times there, um, you know, as we start uh, episode five, Truth. Uh, great scene. Um, I definitely saw a lot of symbol, symbolism that, that you uh, um, calling out. I'll see if, uh, if you guys agree with my theories, I'll kind of hold on to it. Um, there was, uh, I think, what they emphasized in that is kind of your point earlier is how um, throughout that he was, um, Walker was using the shield to kill as 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 a, as a sharp weapon. I think there were a couple of scenes where he was kind of using it as a blade or trying to come to uh, bring it down upon um, uh, to kill Sam in the fight and get saved by Winter Soldier. And then that really was where we saw the blood on the shield, right? I think that was when he was kind of looking that started when he was looking down and. You know, coming to grips with what he did and everything else and plus an overall great fight scene yeah i think twice there he's about to either behead you know either sam or bucky and at you know reverse the roles whoever is about to beheaded saves you know sam sam saves bucky or bucky saves sam um and uh sam uses uh his is it Sam? Does Sam uses it's Sam and Bucky? They team up to sort of use their powers. It's the the wings and Bucky's arm to to break uh, John Walker's arm, which kind of ends the fight, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Noah, I mean, we didn't ask your opinions of that fight, but I no, you didn't. But I'm going to give them anyways. We're we're waiting for them. No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'll just like, I think I agree with what Joe said. I guess I wanted to talk about how it ended. Well, really, I mean, I loved that the action scene was a really well done action scene because like you pointed out, obviously it played to each character's strength, but it also revealed character information while they were doing it right of where each character was at, whether it was Walker trying to kill them or, you know, Sam using his wings or, or Bucky using his arms, you know, that kind of thing. But I loved the moment at the end because I think they did a good job up until this point of really challenging Sam as a character, whether it was Carly or Bucky or Walker or Isaiah Bradley, all these characters up until this point, and this episode said it kind of confirms it, have been challenging Sam's view of Captain America and what he represents. So that image of Sam holding the shield and trying to wipe the blood off of it at the end was probably i think i said in the last one i thought that just the blood on the shield was the most powerful visual in the show but i think that moment was the most powerful moment for me of this man who looked up to someone and respected this icon trying to erase the blood erase the history off of it you know that's where his character was at and not being able to that being a beautiful moment of like what we love to talk about is showing and not telling 
mm-hmm. know, the character never has to say anything about where his mind is, but he's now at this point accepting or realizing the reality that you can't erase it. And that was really strong, really hit home for me. Um, yeah, that it's all downhill from there for me. But <laughs> I really like that visual. So I also think there's like a moment before Sam gets the shield where it sort of the shield sort of slides to Bucky and he sort of like kicks it over to Sam like, you know, this is still yours. Take it. Um, So, again, that sort of adds to that that symbolism. Um, So I think after that fight, a lot of the, the the episode is them returning back to the States to sort of regroup. Um, You know, we get a lot of. Sam and Bucky um, with the boat and the training sequences and stuff like that. So that's sort of like the, uh, you know, the characters come or, you know, our heroes coming together to get ready for, for that final battle. Um, It sort of slows down there at the end of the end of that uh, episode. Um, So what do you guys think about that sort of character development that, that we get there? You know, we start off with a fight then they return back to the States. They're down, you know, at Sam's house. The, you know, there's a problem with the boat. There's a problem with the loan. There's also the sort of the problem of the, you know, Sam and Bucky talking about Steve and, you know, what Steve would want and who's going to take up this, this, this mantle of Captain America. Uh, Joe, your thoughts. Yeah. I, you know, again, like, you know, um, you know, the, the nerd nitpicky of the fact that Sam does have access to any money. is still kind of <laughs> to me, you know, the guy that saved the world from Thanos can't get, you know, so hung up on that, huh, Joe? Not worth half a million when you, when you stop and save the world from Thanos. Well, what's, what's <laughs> his right. What's his, what's his rank in the, uh, in the air force. So Falcon. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i mean I, you know i thought it was okay um some good music uh some feel goodery um obviously <laughs> getting ready i think they're trying to uh you had your your rocky montage of training i think they're you know trying to set up uh obviously was, uh, this at this point it's heavier into what sam's doing and sam's inner turmoil and mm-hmm. where where he's going what do you think about it noah uh, I didn't, I like the, I like how that episode was punctuated by the Rocky montage because there was a, I feel like it was the, it was definitely the episode that kind of delivered on what I was hoping it would earlier with the, the racial issues. So I liked, I liked all the stuff with Isaiah Bradley confronting Sam with the hard truth of the matter of history and how it's kept like how it, how it basically decided to turn on him like it had so many other black people of the day and then i liked the that issue being addressed and then i liked the uh, the issue of how the government treats veterans and their issues with john walker being on trial and basically i loved that he turned to them and was like you made me like this right like you guys rewarded me for killing people and it only works out to you guys as long as you want it to. And then you're going to just throw me away. Right. And I, I really like that. And I like that motivation. You know, I like two characters basically disenfranchised, like we talked about at the beginning and then tying that all into at the end of the episode, these politicians trying to make a decision about what they're going to do with these displaced people. That was really great too. So it was all about, I like how it was, it tied everything back to this is all the what's at stake are all these disenfranchised people that exist in real life and in this Marvel universe. So I really like that they brought it around to that. They even threw in some mental health stuff with Bucky, which was great, and how he dealt with Zemo and not giving into his desire to kill him or get revenge or anything. Um, it was really good. And then at, I like, uh, then we'll talk about sort of how it resolves for, for Sam in the next episode, but still, I feel like, I just feel like it doesn't get better than Sam holding that shield. Like, I think it's good, but I just, I still feel like it's diminishing returns after this episode, as far as really hammering it home. So, but yeah, I, I think feel goodery is the issue here more than anything to, to borrow a phrase from Joe. 
that feel good or not get me yeah, yeah so but i think i'm glad that you brought up a couple of those aspects because you, you brought up the 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 talk that that sam and isaiah have which was 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 very important um and then sort of also the the trial of john walker which also leads us into is this where we get the um the introduction after the the trial of uh i'm not even going to try to to name all the names but valerie um comes out and and talks to john you can just after. call her lorraine <laughs> i i'm sorry i'm sorry i've got my seinfeld character name wrong that's okay so mm. Um, so that sort of leads us, you know, we, we have that little nugget that was dropped on us, which goes into six. Um, but I, I feel like we covered five a lot and, but five is the first time we sort of get a post-credit sequence. Right. And that's where we get yes. sort of, we get uh cosplay John Walker building his, uh, <laughs> his, uh, his, his own Captain America shield. Right. Let's go to Comic-Con in San Diego. <laughs> Sir, we're gonna have to. You're gonna have to put a. Uh, you're gonna have Breaking to go down the, the fourth wall. S- sir, <laughs> he, goes to gonna... com- he goes to comic. <laughs> he goes to comic con at Stalkin. <laughs> really messing with people. Sir, you're gonna have to go through the entrance with all the other cosplayers, uh, that, so we can check your check your uniform for for real weapons. So, um, but he's he's building his own shield in his little uh, ironworks factory that he's got there. Like equating John Walker to cosplayers so much. <laughs> so, but he's he's building the shield. He he melts he melts the uh, the the medal of honor there. Um, is that his or is that Lamar's? I I know that he has a couple, so he could uh, he could he could put his own down. But he has a couple, I, yeah. I'm pretty yeah. sure it's Lamar's. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah, I felt like it was his. as sort of like a. Uh, a token to his uh his lost uh his lost partner um so that's where we end with four um and we're going into the to the last episode episode six uh one world one people um the flag smashers are sort of escalating their efforts we have this uh this conference in in new york uh that they're taking over um which i feel like we, we we might got a little bit at the end of five sort of the setup for that um, but as we go into we go into six, we sort of see, um, you know, all of their actions. Um, and we see at this point, we see Sam flying in and we don't exactly know, you know, um, everything that uh, Sam is wearing. But I, I think we might have missed out on this earlier. Um, Bucky drops off a suitcase that the Wakandans had had made for him. Um, and we sort of get that. Uh, moment where he opens it up and we don't see everything but as as we see his entrance in six we we know what that is and it's you know his his version of the uh the captain america uh uniform joe what did you think about how we sort of go into six you know we, we have the sort of the full transformation of of sam here and i don't know, I don't know about uh, that outfit to be honest with you the outfit the outfit has got got some technical uh or some 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 issues where there's some unprotected areas but it it kind of looks cool i you disagree i think it's too busy i really think there's too much going on and then it's also a little bit of a remind me of a a guy down at seaside in in new jersey like the way he had to walk with it you know the arms it was a little like it was a little 1989 batman with how stiff it was it was (laughs) like stiff stiff and you know sort of he-man-ish like muscle man yeah like i'm like which really sucks because like the i think well like well so like one of the huge inspirations for me like artistically was at coming out of captain america and being like that's how you design a comic to screen costume right there and it worked well with chris evans and it worked well on screen that first costume this reminded me of the avengers captain america costume which was like you're trying too hard that kind of thing like it's like it doesn't work 
And then I just wished, and then like what was great about Winter Soldier is that they went back to that original costume from the first movie. And then they had the stealth suit, which was awesome. And then from there on, they, they did cool new things with each costume in like, you know, Ultron, Civil War, uh, Infinity War, and then in Endgame, finally, it was like a really good Captain America costume. And then this felt like taking steps back to Avengers, where it's like, why couldn't you have applied that practicality that you had with all the other Cap costumes to, to Steve's? Also, when did the Wakandans care so freaking much about red, white, and blue? Like, you know, that's that's a huge thing. So, yeah, maybe they just wanted to do make him Captain America. Uh, yeah, I didn't like the design. I don't, I couldn't take him seriously. And I think maybe that's why, like, his speech at the end just didn't work because all I could see was this, like, Daredevil costume and not Daredevil, the comic character, like, Evil Knievel costume basically you jump the grand canyon on a motorcycle <laughs> yeah you're gonna jump you're gonna jump the grand canyon sam that'd be great um yeah so and then how do you gentlemen feel about like what kind of taking the place of like tony star it's like we're gonna get our cool tech, oh. our cool our cool technology outfit uh echo battle gear and i was like oh, yeah because no. spider-man can't make your uh costumes sure. for you sure yeah, I mean those those are legitimate points. Um, I mean, this is a tricky tricky. Well, I'm just trying to think, like, with the Wakandans, if the Wakandans were like in on like this sort of power struggle, they they know that Steve is off the board. Like, are they looking at it that like you know we know. We know Bucky, you know, we know the White Wolf and, you know, we did reprogram him. But, you know, if we can steer if we can steer one of these two guys to being Captain America, we want to steer this guy to being Captain America because we're still, you know, for as much as we like Bucky, he's still got that programming in the back of his head that could be could be turned at any moment. So were they strategically trying to push Sam to, to take up the to take up the mantle? That's a real Martian Manhunter move, Wakanda. <laughs> what the hell? So that was the, the last. I think Bucky asked him. I have one more favor to ask you, right? So I think even it was Bucky that requested him to make that for him. Oh, that's um, I that. I think that's he, yeah. He said at the end of episode, right? Because because Bucky has been sort of, of episode for the four. Bucky has sort of been pushing Sam the whole time to 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 take on this mantle. Sure. So that that makes a lot of sense. So Sam flies in um to where the uh the flag smashers are trying to disrupt this conference that's you know related to this entity that's trying to you know move refugees in and out of where they should be. You know, we have a lot of fighting. Um Batrock is there, he fights. He fights Sam. He loses. I think this might be the only time Sam has ever won a fight in in the history of uh, the the Marvel universe. He's he's lost to Ant Man. You know he he's lost to you know, he's lost to a lot of people. I think this is Sam's first victory in in a fight. I think he finally he finally one on one beat that rock. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't think about that. Yeah, Cap. We want the Captain America who's just known for his ass getting handed to him the whole he, time. He was able. To, he was finally able to beat the French guy. So that. So that was good. Um, and Bucky is on his way in, um, and that's where he um, is stopped by somebody who is revealed to be Sharon, uh, wearing sort of like a a face disguise, um, and then Sharon is is in the mix um, there. Uh, you know, we have, we have a lot of fighting, um, John Walker, AKA cosplays, Captain America walks down the street with his shield. He gets involved. You know, we have a lot of fighting, um, you know, back and forth. Um, you, you know, Sam saves some people, Bucky saves some people. John actually comes in and saves some people. Um, and, you know, we have a lot of, we have a lot of moments, uh, but we also have to reveal that Sharon is the power broker. So what do you guys think what? about 
<laughs> spoiler alert she she she's the power broker um and uh you know i think we should just sort of maybe you know everybody's seen the fighting but let's just sort of get to the resolution that you know the the flag smashers are stopped um carly carly is uh is killed um sam flies her back and then sam gives a speech which you talked about um which was hard to take him serious with with that costume on um <laughs> you can take him seriously matt no no, judgment. no i I can take them seriously. Um, I also felt like that might have been a revision in the in the script. It felt like it was filmed differently than 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 the than the rest of the the. Uh... That all of episode six is so painfully obvious that it was filmed in quarantine. That's what I got. Like there are so many times where I'm like, "You guys just needed to film something, didn't?" Now we got a frozen Noah. Yeah, it's okay. Um, so we'll wait for him to come back in. Uh, Joe, what are your thoughts about how the uh, the um, the episode uh, sort of concludes there with the fight? I, I thought it was fine. You know, it was an entertaining entertaining show. I thought, I, I guess, making a big deal out of Sharon Carter being a bad guy doesn't really do it for me. Um, from a just a uh, a storyline point of view, um, but I thought it was okay. I'm kind of I'm definitely with Noah on the speech. Um, not that I don't agree with the, some of the sentiment of it. I just felt as if yeah. it was it was you know a little forced and contrived, and you know I so, think Noah said, you know, I like what the show was trying to do, where it was like that was the moment where I I thought like the message that that Sam was saying worked for me where I was like, yeah, I agree with what he's saying. I think it's a good message to have with this show. Uh, I just feel like what happens afterwards makes that speech even less impactful though. That's the big thing where his whole like, you know, speech of like, just do better, that kind of thing, like do better everyone. I was like, yeah, I agree with that. Like that's all you can do is just do better. And, um, but I just feel like at the end, it feels like it has to wrap things up. So everything's like, okay, afterwards, right? So, uh, but yeah, we'll get into that. Yeah. So apparently there was this whole pandemic sort of, uh, or virus sort of plot line that they, they took oh. out. And I also feel, and this is just me sort of making conjecture here, but I feel like that, and while that Sam speech was valid and it made good points i feel like it was put in there because there was something there that they were that they were going to address with like the the virus and the all of that that they took out you know post 2020 post uh coronavirus um but i was happy that they gave john walker a bit of redemption there um with, with bucky um you know, he wasn't a total a-hole in the fight. Um, you know, he, he was, you know, helpful. He did save, save some people. Yeah. There's a little tonal dissonance though. There when like, he comes in, he's like quotes, Abraham Lincoln. It's like goofy boy, <laughs> that kind of thing. And it's like, he's like looking at like, when like Bucky's like, Oh, you. And all I like to think I was like, this dude tried to chop your head off. Like like an episode before, and you watched him chop somebody's head off. Don't owe you him. That's all I could think during that time. I felt like it, I felt Walker got off way too easy for how much of a psycho he is in the lot in the previous episodes, where it's like, yeah, some redemption, but the dude's unstable. He should be in prison. Like it's. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, a that's a, that's a good point. Um... Yeah, Joe, what do you what do you think about sort of the uh the chummy sort of walk out there? I mean, Bucky's Bucky's 109 years old. He's he's been around the block, you know. He uh he uh, and he's you know, he's seen he's seen the worst of the worst. What do you think about the fact that he sort of chummily walks out with with John Walker there? I think it's sort of the same way like 
a former smoker doesn't judge a current smoker. You know, Bucky killed a couple people. In his day, you know, <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> he's been known. <laughs> he's been known to kind of you know some manslaughter and you know not so much put the cuffs on someone, but you know put them in the grave. Um, yeah, he but, didn't but, uh, you know, know that I he think... was brainwashed into doing that, but maybe John Walker is too. Ooh, I'm getting political here. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. So, uh, um, yeah, you know, it, it was okay. I, um, I actually had a bigger problem with the end of the U.S. agent reveal when he's in the courthouse again, coming out of U.S. Was he just? Did he just get a, a pardon? Like, why was he in that room? Yeah, becoming U.S agent it's like they only had julia louise dreyfus for one day and they only had one location to shoot in and so they used it the same one again that's all i can think of it's like that's actually a really good point yeah she's she's a she's a secret agent she's she's doing her business in you know senate congressional halls you know um the runway is in the senate congressional hall i love that (laughs) like i wonder if every avengers person uses that as their catwalk um for their new costumes so uh sam i, I think sam may have before he he showed up at the the event and done like a quick you know you know turn for for bucky as he like walked down that area like in the new costume <laughs> yeah. so that was one of sort of the 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 reveals but the the other reveal is is sharon getting her her pardon um, she's getting her pardon. Sam is sort of put in the 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 good word for her. Uh, but the the big reveal is is after that she walks out um, and she gets on her phone and she reveals that you know the the serum the super soldier serum is sort of out of play for now. But she has insight to you know a ton of government secrets that she'll be able to sell. We don't know who she's talking to. Um, on the phone um but uh joe what do you think about the reveal of, of double agent sharon carter so that was the easter egg too right that was the easter egg that was the post credit scene yeah. yeah was that when uh yeah so hot take probably the worst easter egg in the history of the marvel marvel yeah cinema. i'm inclined I mean, to agree i mean seriously i mean especially off of what what want you know wandavision one basically opened up the door to probably the next Spider-Man and Doctor Strange movie. This what did this open the door to? I mean You want you want double you want du- you, you want a, you want double hot take? Oh yeah. That's not no. Sharon. Uh, yeah I see I saw you gonna I knew you were gonna make that. That's that's a scroll. I was see I knew you were gonna say that. I knew you were gonna say that. So it's a secret invasion thing. Ah, yes. I, I think see. that I think that's, that's a scroll, and that's why she was so out of character the the whole time. That like she never brought up she never brought up Steve the entire time. She did, I think, at the first time, and she I did mean, once. She got dumped by Steve for her aunt. He went back <laughs> in time, but that's yeah, that that be a little painful point. to bring that up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. But I, I I think that that's I think that's a scroll. I don't think that's Sharon. That would make a lot of sense if she's stealing secrets too. That would be a great. That'd be a great, uh, a great thing for scrolls is secret stealing, um, or she's, uh, yeah, or she was, or, or she was brainwashed by the Cree, like Carol Danvers kind of thing. Or Fury put her in place to. to um, That's a good hot take. To to sort of figure out what's going on while he's while he's away yeah that makes sense uh yeah so now i i don't agree with I, the tables have turned joe i'm sorry <laughs> you're on your own it's the bro it's the most brilliant best, easter egg in the whole best easter egg happened. ever best easter egg ever i'm gonna get a t-shirt with that on there but the only problem the only problem with that is that unless she unless she wants to fool bucky if she's a scroll, she can shape shift, but she uses that sort of same face hiding technology. Maybe that's the hint right there. Maybe that's that's the giveaway is letting us audience know that she's a shapeshifter because shapeshifters wouldn't try to 
show that they're shapeshifters. They try to hide that they're shapeshifters. So what would the what would you suspect if a shapeshifter used shapeshifting technology? Yeah. That's a tongue twister. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so 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 we have a lot. So there, there's, there's been a lot of hot takes on this uh, this Easter egg here. Um, but this is this is how we ended. Um, this is how we ended Winter Soldier. Uh, do any of you guys feel that we're going to have a second season of this? Um, Joe, what what do you think? Um, funny, I, I was thinking about it just in general. Um, I, I think I read an article about Marvel to sign someone to like um, a, a 10, 10 year deal or something. I, I forget who the actor actress was. Um, it might have been the Monica Rambeau. I, I read an article about that. So I, I, I just what I think. I think um, one problem, not problem Marvel had was that um, they had a lot of A-list actors to, when they kind of launched this uh, endeavor, right? Robert Downey Jr. and um, maybe A-list, but some big names were, were involved. And no offense to Anthony Mackie or Sebastian Stan or any of these people. I think now they realize that, hey, maybe really make this work let's let's try to build these around people that you know aren't going to cost us an arm or a leg or going to want to go out and make oscar winning movies um so to wrap up anthony mackie who someone like him to be captain america in the future and sebastian stan um that being said i think we'll probably see them in future avenger movies as well as maybe something so if not a winter soldier some other series um built you know on the uh disney plus network i think yeah i think i think i would i would see like a standalone winter soldier miniseries you know like a winter soldier and like black widow kind of series that would be really cool i think i would see that happening and then i would see another captain america series or a young avengers series with falcon at the head of that you know if they do like um Isaiah Bradley's grandson, if they deliver on him being a young Avenger, they bring in like Miles Morales or someone cool like that, you know, as they've hinted towards him being in home in homecoming, they hint towards him being in the universe. They bring in the, the two kids, Wanda's kids and stuff like that. And then have Anthony Mackie be the sort of, you know, figurehead of, of like, you know, the, the mentor character in that show that I would see something like that happening. That's not even hope. I can see that happening. Yeah. So the interesting thing is that we could very easily, you know, we're, we're slowly assembling the, the West coast Avengers with the white vision U S agent. Um, you know, we have Hawkeye coming, but we're also slowly assembling the, the young Avengers where we have Wiccan, Speed, uh, Kate Bishop, Hawkeye, um, Isaiah Bradley's grandson as the, as the Patriot. So you know, there's a couple of spinoffs there that that we could possibly have. I know Joe is very excited for West Coast Avengers because, you know, the biggest problem with superheroing is is that you can't travel between coast to coast very quickly. So you have to put a team on the east coast and you have to put a team on the west coast because you know it's three hours flight and you you just you need to you need to be ready right joe does alpha flight cover canada and the midwest then that's all my question is i I don't think i don't think they're allowed to come into to to the u.s i think that it's only canadian Uh, superhero don't blame them yeah so we couldn't handle we we can handle puck anyway so all right guys so um let's just do sort of final thoughts on uh this this series uh i'll start off um i enjoyed it i think disney plus is two for two um with what they're doing um and you know we have loki coming next joe um your thoughts on falcon and winter soldier overall uh i'm assuming that you liked it yep solid b um, I think I had like lower expectations as far as it went. Um, I think there's some, yeah, I think last time we talked some uh, great performances. I think the person that played Carrie was excellent. I think um, Sebastian Sand did, did, a, did a pretty good job. Um, hey, listen, Daniel Brule, 
<laughs> little Zemo. You know, you know, I smell Emmy. Um, but uh, yeah, again, two for two. Uh, great job by Marvel overall too. I think they're really building a strong foundation with continuity and crossover and just laying the groundwork for this to be, uh, you know, a lot more of these type type of shows. Nice, Noah. Um, your thoughts? Um, right now, I'm kind of disappointed in the show. I, I like that they tried to say something and I admire them for that, but I still didn't really feel any impact in the end. I think that just comes down to how Isaiah Bradley's story was wrapped up. I think it would have been cooler for them to have had a moment like, cause like it's sort of how it ends. It kind of, it doesn't say this, but it kind of feels like, Oh, Sam fixed things for Isaiah. It's like, you know, 50 years of being abused by the system it's all good now because he's got a statue in a museum. And I don't, I wish that they had a moment where Isaiah stuck to his guns in that moment and was like, this is only a start, you know, like this is only part of what the growth needs to be. And that plays into what Sam says in his speech is we, it's going to take a while, but we're all going to work hard to do better is what he says. And I kind of hate that. Like, you know, Bucky is like, I'm not going back to therapy in the end, that kind of thing. <laughs> and it's like, and, and Sam's like, I've fixed racism. And, uh, and then of course, John Walker psycho is like, you US agent. And I, I just feel that like, it goes back to sort of what I was disappointed with in episode two, where the, they had that confrontation with the police officer it's really intense because it's him stopping Sam because he's black. And then like, it's like when he realizes the Falcon, like it switches tones to being like all goofy and like, can I get your autograph and stuff like that? And it's just, I, I was really disappointed in that. I really was like hoping that maybe it would have had something at least like black Panther where at the end of black Panther, they're like, well, nothing's fixed. We're going to work hard to make things better. And that's something you can do in a superhero show. And again, I know I shouldn't expect that from a Marvel show that's supposed to entertain and it was very entertaining and it did that. But I still feel like if you're trying, if the creators were trying to say something, they really needed to say something and they didn't. That's what really is disappointing to me is that they could have said something. They tried to say something. They did at one point, but how they ended it negated all that. And I, I'm kind of disappointed in that way. Um, I, maybe if I rewatch it, I'll like it more, but um, I, I wish it hit home a little harder, and I, I really did. And especially if they decided to bring up hot button topics, you know, and not just focus on entertainment, that they really needed to stick the landing better than they did. Um, but that's my opinion. What would you think, Matt? No, no, those, those, those are like very great points, and I think you know you, you covered a lot of that. I wonder how much that of that is hampered with a six episodes, six hour series yeah. that like if, if they had more time to, to expand it to 10 or 13, 13 probably would have been too much, but Sarah, maybe like in the eight to nine to 10 episode time frame, um, they might've been able to, to handle those issues a little bit better. Um, you know, I liked it. Um, it, it certainly had its ups and downs. It certainly had some some things that were for, were head scratchers that didn't make a lot of sense. Um, but generally, uh, um, I liked it. I I will you know I'll probably go along with with Joe's grade of like a a, a solid B plus. Um, it was a lot of fun to to watch um, and you know tackled a lot of things that you know we knew as sort of marvel nerds and sort of expanded the uh the cinematic universe so so that was a lot of fun awesome so uh guys i guess maybe um i think we have a little bit more time but we'll probably get together soon and do this uh for for loki coming up in in a couple of i think uh i think we have almost like a month until loki starts right yeah yeah Awesome. Yeah. Well, um, I'd like to, to thank everybody for listening. If you could give us a rating and review on the podcasting service you use, I'd really appreciate it. If you want to follow the podcast, we're on Twitter. It's at Construct Compod. 
Instagram is Constructing Comics Pod and Facebook is Constructing Comics. Also check out Dino Thrashers on Kickstarter. Uh, Noah is the artist on that book and I am co-publishing that book. We'll put a link to the Kickstarter in the show notes. I'd like to thank everybody for listening. Uh, please be safe, be nice to each other and go out there and make some comics. Thank you. <laughs>